We survived San Remo and all we got was this national final winner. There are no rules in Finland. And a song about cats? All that and more on this week's episode of Eurovangelists. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Eurovangelists. I'm Jeremy Bent. I'm Oscar Montoya. And I am Dimitri Pompey. And we are, of course, the Eurovangelists. And welcome to this week's episode where we discuss three very exciting national finals. We got Finland's UMK. We have Latvia's Supernova 2024. And we have, of course, the granddaddy of them all, <laughs> Italy's Sanremo. That's the boss level for you sure. You truly... <laughs> This is my very first San Remo experience, and I'm like, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I think collectively we've aged 50 years. <laughs> yeah, we've all turned into little Ital- old Italian men who just <laughs> sit outside a cafe and go, hey. Yeah, I'm selling fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very slowly drinking a cappuccino and a biscotti. <laughs> I'm glad that you're saying this because this is the most accessible San Remo has ever been. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, just you saying that makes me go, wow. <laughs> Do the old hats like me? I'm like, wow, I can actually watch it after it's done. That was really nice of them. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, I would like to watch these finals, the good news is, and we'll link all these in the show notes, Finland's UMK ha- not only is available to watch, but has English commentary track. You can watch Latvia's Supernova. And maybe for the first time ever, you can watch most of San Remo online. <laughs> so we'll post links to that and you can watch along with us however you'd like to. But just like last week, we got a lot of national finals to talk about. So maybe we dive right in. You want to take a moment to thank the people for their support? You're right. A gross oversight on my part. We've had a lot of great emails coming in, a lot of people commenting on Instagram, and just we know more people are listening. And we thank you all for uh, spending your time with us, hearing us talk about Eurovision. Thanks, folks. You're so wonderful. Your questions are so great. They're insightful and thought-provoking, and the energy's just good. The email conversations we've been having, some people are just emailing in to be like, I like the show. Here's something I like about Eurovision. And we're like, thanks. That's that's what the show is. Thank you. That's what we want. It's interesting to even say like our favorite songs and having that discourse of like, oh, so-and-so is in so-and-so place is so fun to see. And also to see how different each one of our musical tastes are. (laughs) Yes, very true. And we almost got into it before the record. I think... Finland's UMK is going to reveal this. So let's jump in then. Why don't we take ourselves to snowy Tampere, Finland, where 2024's Uden Musiken Kilpayao. I think that was 70% of the way there. <laughs> I found out while watching UMK for the first time that UMK means contest for new music. That's what it's all about. What a literal title for this competition. (laughs) (laughs) Which is weird because like sometimes old Finnish acts show up and do particularly well. It's like, you know, this contest is generally for newer music. Contest for new music. (laughs) Okay, Cyan Kicks, thanks for showing up. (laughs) (laughs) They're an established Finnish band, I assume? They are, yes. Okay, all right. Well, uh, I will say about UMK, the show was great. Mm-hmm. It was great production value, looked terrific. And we have to shout out to the best of our ability. <gasps> okay, we're each taking a stab right. at it. Okay, so here this, we is go. Good. this is my shot. We have to shout out Yako Oleander Turia, who is the English language commentator for UMK. He was terrific. 
Yes, Yako Uliander Turia was not only a great guide to what was happening on stage, but he was incredibly funny. He was very personal. I, I felt like I was watching UMK with a friend. Yes, so for that, we at Your Evangelist would love to say thank you, Yako Oleander Turia, for your amazing commentary. Oh, I think Oscar did uh, it. I best. think Oscar wins. Yeah, you nailed it. You're the most Finnish of us all. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, he added a lot with his commentary. And I think if you're going to watch one of these three, I think UMK is the one to watch. The English commentary is very fun. They have some very fun interval acts. We'll get into those in a second. So UMK only had seven songs. Which, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, UMK, appreciate it. Thanks for narrowing it down to the people we should actually listen to. That was very helpful. Yeah, and I think because it's only seven songs, I don't think there's any like out and out duds in these Mm. seven. There's songs I liked more than other songs, but there wasn't a song where I was like, oh my God. Ditto. Like there was no, there was like two of them that I'm like, you know, I forgot about you already. Yeah. But for the most part, like terms of performance, in terms of individuality and uniqueness, the Finnish people got personality for sure based <laughs> yeah, on the, yeah. their song contest. For my part, this UMK in my humble opinion, (laughs) was a step down from last year in terms of music, but I was very satisfied with the show itself overall because they tripled the budget from last year and it showed. A lot of the stage show for all these songs, I was like, wow, they really, like each one was like very different. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was cool. It really, it made a lot of difference. So Dimitri, I want to ask. Yeah, yeah. How would you encapsulize last year's UMK versus this year's UMK? If you had to wrap around the UMK of this year in a, I don't know, denim covered egg, (laughs) how would you describe this year's UMK? I see what you did there. Um, (laughs) This year's UMK was surprisingly tame except for a handful of acts. Of the ah. seven acts, mm. I would say five of them were pretty terrestrial. They were rather normal. They could be in almost any country and do reasonably well, but none of them had that manic Finnish energy I see what you're that saying. we've come to expect from the ah. UMK. There were two acts that actually did the standard UMK thing. Last year, I would say it was almost opposite. I'd say five of the seven were like, you get what Finland wants and that you're bold. You're Mm. not like anything else on the stage. You're not like anything else going to Eurovision. I've never heard someone describe (laughs) a song as terrestrial. (laughs) I'm going to start using that. That's a very good. This is Eurovision, baby. Yeah, look, (laughs) how many acts in Eurovision history have you looked at and be like, I don't think this person's from planet Earth. Very true. I would say for the most most Scandinavian entries, I'm say I will say are extraterrestrial yeah i I won't disagree with that okay so what did we like what did we not like i'll start and say my favorite song when i was listening to the tracks before the show was michael gabriel and new blues vox populi i thought that song was kind of interesting and really good and then when i saw the staging i was like this is a little boring can you tell us about the staging jeremy so vox populi I believe is a song about sort of the will of the people triumphing over the will of politicians. And they, so they're up on these sort of daises, you know, like a, like a politician giving at some sort of rally or something. And then behind them, there's like colored balls and the balls could just kind of like move around. 
They were doing ping pong at one point with yeah. the balls. Yeah, that's fun, right? Who doesn't love ping pong? And then the little podiums come together, but they're kind of stuck in those the whole time. So it felt really static. It was a little odd. And I think that what worth knowing about this song is uh, Mikael Gabriel is kind of he's known in this part of Europe as something of a provocateur. Okay. Oh. You're right. The song is posing itself as an anti-group think song. Yeah, yeah. But then you look at some of Mikel's thoughts and uh, during COVID, he was well like, eh, I don't know about this whole vaccine thing. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh If you know of him, he does a lot of hot takes that grab a lot of attention for the wrong reasons. Uh, he's what you might call a free thinker, huh? A hot take guy just for the temperature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when he puts out a song about like defy convention, it's like, mm, I feel like you're saying like, don't brush your teeth. Yeah, it's like we mean different things. When <laughs> we we say mean this. different things. Mm. But I will say the song studio wise, it was catchy, but the staging was a bit of a letdown. Pretty boring. With you. Yeah. I was a fan of uh, Sarah Sipola. Yeah, yeah, yes. I think she was a she's a great act. She has great vocals. Uh, her song actually had a lot of it had a lot of meaning to it. It was all about you know classic mental health struggle song. But it's in her pre interview she was talking about like hey sometimes when I went to my therapist early on I would put on a facade so that my therapist wouldn't feel bad about not doing their job well because I wasn't getting as well as quickly as I had hoped. And the song is about, you know, a person going through a mental health crisis and trying to find their way to the light, to the darkness. I also believe during that pre-interview, Sarah Sipola, uh, it was mentioned that she has a song called I Am A Fucking Mess. Yes, she does. <laughs> and I'm like, she okay, I'm, I'm sort of getting the Sarah Sipola vibe here. Uh, listen, relatable. Yeah, yeah, truly. Who among us has not been able to sing that anthem and mean it? You know. <laughs> but I think I liked her song a lot. Her staging was very dynamic. It was not unlike a an interrogation room. It was, she was surrounded by darkness, and there was this one light swirling around her, completely disorienting her while she was performing. A good song, good performance. Yeah, agreed. It was the odds-on favorite to win. Was it? I kind of thought it was gonna win. I did too. This is why I don't typically follow Eurovision odds because I think that kind of takes the fun out of it personally. Some people, some people may disagree. If you like the odds, that's fine. It's not for me. Sarah Sipola was projected with a 60% chance of victory. It's a high number. <laughs> a lot of people were writing everyone else off because they thought Sarah Sipola was just going to run away with it. Yeah. Wow. And, and I got to be honest, like a fair amount of the other competition, Yessi Markin's Glow, Cyan Kicks, Dancing with Demons, Sex Mains, Mania. These were like fine songs, some interesting staging, but as song wise, they were pretty whatever. Hmm. I disagree with you on one okay, of those. All right. Tracks. Uh, yeah. What, what, what did you like, Oscar? Pre watching this, listening to the songs, I was team Jesse Markin for sure. Oh, I was really? like, this is different and not finish at all. It just is not giving that vibe. And that, in a weird way, made it to quote, Dimitri, not terrestrial, you know, because it's so sort <laughs> yeah. of like not the vibe. Oh, 
And then seeing the performance of it, which is just like him vibing with dancers. It's sort of a very simplistic very generic, performance. Yeah. yeah, I was a little like, okay, I'm a little less excited about this. Yeah, and that happens. And that happens, which to me, it's like, but that's the exciting part of watching a performance, a national finals versus just listening to the song on wherever you listen to it. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, that's what's going to take you to the to the next level, to the crown. And I know that staging can change between your national final and Eurovision. But mm-hmm. if I'm looking at these performances, I'd say three were Eurovision ready. Mm-mm-mm. I agree with that, too. But also a shout out. Just I want to take this time to say the one who ended up winning. <laughs> spoiler. I-, I won't spoil it. Uh, was my favorite to win because it was just like so what the fuck. <laughs> um, but shout out to Cine Sabotage, of course. Yes. Uh, with Cordy Moi. For four different costume changes? I mean, listen, I'm a gay person. (laughs) (laughs) This was giving me high drag. This was giving me costume change. It just spoke to my gay and A. You know what I mean? I did not have fun during that performance. Yeah, totally. It was just gaggy. I was thoroughly gagged. In terms of the song, is it like special enough to like merit the win? I don't think so. I don't think so. But in terms of performance? Brought it. Oh, she she brought it. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're dancing around it here. I think we got to talk about the winner. Oh, man. What a performance. Yeah, truly. So the winner of Finland's UMK this year was Windows 95 Man's (laughs) No Rules. And I can't believe that I'm saying. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you heard that right. Windows 95 man is a performer who wears a Windows 95 t-shirt and jean shorts. I think you could call those Daisy Dukes. They're not jean shorts. Yeah, they're up there. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's kind of the bit I sort of wish there was more to it than that but there for me there really wasn't (laughs) jeremy what (laughs) you want complexity with your eurovision (laughs) winning entry um sorry wrong contest baby you're right Mm -mm. you're right good point good point dimitri is there anything that we need to know about this windows 95 man who the fuck is this other person also singing this song is he like windows 98 man exactly is he windows 2000 man is he windows me man is he windows nt man he's he's windows vista man (laughs) ah okay no windows 95 man is he's a finnish dj and and his whole brand the whole no rules song that's kind of what his ethos has been for a while now even before the song was written at his shows he'd be like i have windows 95 man no rules a terrible accent and you know he's just he's a crazy party finn and i honestly did not think that they were going to send a lovable lunatic to eurovision again after karia yeah so you just said he's crazy he's party they did it again here's my beef with windows 95 man (gasps) jeremy yeah i i was also thinking i was like okay they they liked karia a lot and it's like well we'll just do a karia thing again great stage show i found it sort of annoying at first and then it really won me over when they dropped the jean shorts down and he climbed in them and then had like little spark cables he's whipping around i was like All right, at least they're going for it here. The song is called No Rules. (laughs) 
<laughs> and ultimately, it's the maybe the most conventional out of all seven songs in the competition. I completely disagree with that. Oh, uh, oh, I think oh, so. oh, The man emerged from a denim egg. I'm not talking about the stage show. Oh, you're talking about the song itself. Yes, but yes, the man did emerge from a denim egg. <laughs> and not just emerge from a denim egg. He came out of a denim egg with nude colored underwear. That I, yeah. thought, I thought his dick was out. I thought he was naked for half the show. He was doing like the sort of Austin Powers, like we're covering his genitals as until he gets the jean shorts gag. You're right. And I'm a little like, I don't know. It wasn't for me. I might be the one who likes the song the most, which is hilarious. <laughs> Because when I talk to my other Eurovision intense friends who have been like in it for 20 years, too, a lot of people think I'm a Eurovision elitist. They think I'm kind of a snob. Like, look, my favorite my, in terms of song selection, my favorite Eurovision is 1973. Great song, though. That's Come a on. snob, though. Great song. It's a snobby take, but it's true. But <laughs> Windows 95, man, I know a lot of people write them off as a joke, but the song... Yes, it is traditional Euro pop, but lyrically, I like the anarchy. I like what it's saying. I think it has a real message. Just look at the lyrics of this part okay, where he okay. says, I am the king. I am the queen. He's clearly rejecting the masculine paradigm that a lot of men find themselves forced into. He's proudly proclaiming that the rules of the gender binary do not apply to him. And that's awesome. But why is the song called No Rules? And it is in terms of like beat, in terms of melody in terms of structure is completely conventional give me one eight bar break where it's just weird nonsense <laughs> and then i'll really believe no rules but i'm like you wrote a song called no rules that i could make in like the beat of which i could make in pro tools in probably like 20 minutes oh my god sorry dude the song is called no rules Okay, I understand that. You're absolutely right. In terms of song construction, in terms of musical composition, it is a normal song. But at one point, Windows 95 man puts on a pair of Daisy Dukes that have hoses on the end, and he, they have sparklers coming out, and he spins around in a it's tornado a, yeah, of fury. Does. Yeah, it's wild. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Dads, stop fighting, okay? <laughs> Here's my take on the song. Let's hear it. All right? I agree with Jeremy. It is a very structured song. And for that reason, I sort of give it credit to because it is such a wild concept and it is seen as a joke song, but it's still a song. Like people, I think, will vote for the song because it sounds good. It's very Euro pop. They're not trying to be too weird because, listen, they want to win. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. And they did win. And I think in terms of like presentation, I thought it was great. And to me, I'm always thinking of this as contextually with the other entries that we have. And I'll be honest, I was getting a little worried because all of a lot of our entries are very sort of, dare I say, safe. Yeah, conventional. I was like, I was hungry Ireland, for very safe, some. Very... <laughs> yeah, okay, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, save one. But in in that which way, it's like in a way that is kind of safe, you know? Yeah, uh, because I know it's like mean. okay. But I was like, I'm missing that kookiness that your vision gives me, and that's why I was so excited for Finland because they always give me the kooky. You know what I mean? Mm. They always deliver with strange and weird, and they did it again. And for that reason, I'm so happy happy that Windows 95 man won. And I'll shout out to um, the other person on the group. I don't know what this person's name is, and I'm so sorry. We'll, we'll find, find out we'll find later. Out. But whoever that person is, he did the heavy lifting. He was the one <laughs> really, who like, the sang singer. the song and did, I thought, a really good job. So, you know, Windows 95 is a cartoon character, but we needed the grounded 
song structure that he provided. And for that, I think it's a great duo. It's a great song. I'm really excited to see how it does. Will it win? I don't know. I am excited to see the Eurovision stage show of this because for sure it's going to be even crazier than what they did at UMK. And that's kind of exciting to think about. Even if it does terribly, I'm like, I still want to see it. I agree 100%. But I think they might be setting themselves up for a similar situation. Like Windows 95 man lost the jury vote. They had the lowest score from the jury. Last place. But they had overwhelming support from the public vote. And that's how they won. Yeah. But I think they might be setting themselves up for the same situation when it, I think this will for sure make the grand final. Yes. But I think they're going to get terrible jury scores. And I think they're going to get huge public vote scores. And that's probably not going to be enough to win. Yeah, you're you're probably right. They will still be Eurovision darlings in the same you're vein right. as you're totally right. Subwoofer, mm-hmm. Give That Wolf a Banana. The jury was sort of like, eh. The audience loved them, loved you know. It. So yeah, and and you know, like I I think that there's some validity to that, you know. I think that that's okay that you don't have to go for your sort of like elitist take. And I'm not looking at you, Dimitri, because <laughs> I don't think your takes are that elitist. Thank but, you. You know, Oscar. we're not looking. We're not looking for that. All, for every single song. Listen, yeah. we're not San Remo here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we want a little fun. We yeah. want a little fun. And I'm glad that we got a little dose of fun. Yes, I agree. It certainly is a different entry. And it and it does kind of stand out in our current pack of finalists. Uh, we'll talk about this a little later when we start talking about the actual songs that we have for Eurovision. But I honestly believe that every nation has a different goal for Eurovision. Uh, some nations, their goal is clearly to win. Ireland, their goal is clearly to make it to the final. I feel like Finland is in an interesting place because coming in second last year, the goal is kind of to prove that you can still make it in the top 10. And gambling on Windows 95 man to do it is a big gamble, but I really think it could pay off for them. It may yet pay off. So Godspeed, Windows 95 man. Okay, we got to move on. But before we do, let's just talk about Interval Acts real quick. Yes, I didn't recognize the other artists, but they paired well together. They did a mashup of one of her songs and then Cha Cha Cha. And it went very well. They clearly matched this one together. The human centipede in Cha 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 this time was like 20 people long. It was was the hero's welcome version (laughs) of Cha Cha Cha. Great, great Interval Act. Big fan. Born home on the backs of his pink dancers. God bless you, Karia. You clearly will be a legend in Finland for <laughs> decades to come. Yes, this is a UMK. I highly recommend everyone watch. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have Latvia and we have Italy. Prepare yourselves. We'll see you in a minute. My name's Doug Dugay, and I'm here to talk about my podcast in the middle of the one you're listening to. It's called Valley Heat, and it's about my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District, the center of the world when it comes to foosball, frisbee golf, and high-speed freeway roller skating. And there's been a Jaguar parked outside on my curb for 10 months. I have no idea who owns it. I have a feeling it's related to the drug drop that was happening in my garbage can a little over a year ago. And if this has been a boring commercial, imagine 45 minutes of it. Okay, Valley Heat, it's on every month on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Check it out, but honestly, skip it. These are the These chronicles, are the chronicles of the Rancho Western District, 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 District in Burbank, Burbank California. California. These are the events taking place in my house and around my house. Welcome back to Eurovangelist, everybody. All right, let's get right into it. We're heading to the Latvian capital of Riga for Supernova 2024. Ten finalists for Supernova 2024. 
<laughs> remember when I said UMK is like, oh, no out and out duds. <laughs> I don't have the same. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> I, I cannot say the same of Supernova 2024. Is this your Malta moment, Cabero Mine, last week? There were songs I liked, so I don't think I'm having a Malta moment. But um, <laughs> let's talk about the show real quick. I, I thought production value was, was decent. You know, Latvia, not a huge country, but like, looked good had interesting staging for a number of these acts i have a theory that i keep to myself because <laughs> it's not relevant to most conversations but <laughs> two years ago in 2022 was probably my favorite supernova in terms of both song selection and the winning song it was city zenny oh, with the city incredible zenny. incredible performance of eat your salad a, oh, a song about play uh, green preservation and reducing the amount of wear and tear we're doing to planet earth okay i'm gonna play the first line of city zenny's eat your salad and i know we have an explicit tag on the show but if you're at work or around kids you still might want to turn this down a bit instead of meat i eat veggies and pussy <laughs> it's amazing so these guys did not make it to the grand final of Eurovision. And honestly, I think that was a mistake. <laughs> and I do too. And that's what I'm saying. I think City Zenny not making it with what is arguably the most Eurovision ready song yeah, in Latvian song. history, aside from the one that actually won. This broke them because Supernova used to be a lot more fun. And these last two years it has not been fun. Yeah. Some of these songs, I don't know. Well, last year we had um, that the lights song which a lot of people thought that should they should have made it to the finals but they didn't oh is this sudden lights sudden, sudden lights, lights. Oh, yes, yes 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 no, it's a very super serious sort of song not a bad song but you know forgettable it slides right off your ears you know i will say compared to last year though in terms of song variety there is song variety That's and yes. there are songs that are really uh, <laughs> how was this put together all right let's <laughs> let's talk about some of these bottom dwellers here I thought if you don't say this song is the most bottom dwell, I will be so mad. Jeremy, what song are you going to say? Well, there's two that I really was like, no, thank you. I thought Ecto's Outsider was a thumbs down. Oh, God. That was my bottom pick. Shut up and wave the pain goodbye. You mean parkour the song? <laughs> <laughs> Look, he had to do something entertaining on that stage. Entertaining? <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> Theoretically. And I thought oh Alex Silver's For the Show was also pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> we should consider the merits of making this a video podcast. Yeah, we got it. reactions are just fantastic. <laughs> okay, okay. Fuck my drag. I thought that was one of the best you ones. You like okay. that? Oh, okay, all right. What, well, Jeremy... I'm with Oscar. This was my fourth out of ten. Really? Same. Oh my god. Same. For the show. What did you like yeah. about for the show? The song was fun. <laughs> the choreography was, I thought, great. I agree. wear these I matrix agree. trench coats for. Oh, it get was out silly. of here. I it was did. Europe. Nah, it was like fun. It. Oh, that's so European. Wait, so Oscar, what did you hate? Oh my God, listen. The fact that we didn't immediately unanimously say TikTok, St. Levica. Oh, TikTok oh. was bad. Yeah, oh. it was not good. TikTok, 
furious. Okay, you know I'm obsessed with this sort of like send the witch uh, model <laughs> yeah, of yeah. 2024. I said, this ain't a witch song. This is a possessed doll song. This is a <laughs> creepy doll like, song. No, absolutely no. Yeah, I don't want to no, deal with this. Thumbs also, down. Did not like TikTok either. I love the fun of it. But in terms of a song, the cat song. That was a bad song. It ain't it. That's a terrible song. But at least it's like, this is what I mean where it's like, well, that one's fun, though. <laughs> It's fun, but girl was barely moving her mouth. Yeah. So I was like, what? What? What are you saying? <laughs> I want to play with you. There were some all sorts of like weird, like pseudo seductive cat poses and movements on the yeah, stage. I was like, this is terrifying. You know what it felt like? It felt like someone doing something really adult in a like elementary school talent. Yeah, show. yeah. <laughs> like the middle school talent show is going to do like toxic and you're like, oh, don't do that. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was don't. like, no, wait. I know you're saying about a cat, but no, the subtext, I can, maybe I can read you're it. Like, I, I, I like got it. it and I don't want it. I also have a certified Jeremy Rock rant. Oh, oh boy. Here we go. Here we go. Rock and roll supernova. <laughs> what a disappointing song. Don't call your song Rock and Roll Supernova, a literal explosion of rock and roll when it is like I pulled the pomade off a rockabilly singer's comb and squeezed it into this guy. It's like, what is this? It's so like barely rock and roll. The drum beat is like completely wrong for the song. I'm also like, if you're going to do this, like, He's clearly trying to do like a Elvis kind of greaser thing. What is your hair doing? <laughs> like pompadour that shit up, man. It's got to be bigger. It's got to be bigger. Come on. Am I crazy? <laughs> no, it's you're, you're absolutely right. And it, this is especially telling because when it comes to genre pastiche songs in Eurovision, I'm the one who likes them and everyone else doesn't. This seems to be like one of my catchphrases on the show. Oscar, do you remember um <laughs> the do you remember the twist of love that Denmark did in 2006, I believe? Of course I do. Yes, yes, yes. It's a rock and roll 50s song and no one liked it but I'm like this song's pretty good. <laughs> Rock and roll supernova, if I don't like your genre pastiche rock and roll song, it's bad. It's also weird. It's like you're the title of the song is Rock and Roll Supernova, and you're performing this at Supernova. A little desperate, babes. A little desperate. (laughs) Also, didn't this song win Junior Eurovision last year? (gasps) And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. And that's all I'm going to say. Brutal. We're being a little cruel to Latvia. There were some songs that were pretty good, I thought. Yeah. What did we like at, at Super You know, Nova? again, this should be a visual podcast because based on what you said, I want you to see what I have at number one. <laughs> I put TikTok at number one. <laughs> I liked it. That song stinks. I liked it. I don't it. like that. Dimitri, I liked it. Thumbs down, explain, buddy. Please, I'm going to give you the space to explain yourself. Again, of all 10 songs, in terms of things that caught my attention and held it, TikTok did it. The winning song, which we'll talk about in a minute. I watched it half an hour before we started recording. I can't remember a word of it. TikTok sticks. Should be able to remember one word of it. 
I honestly Hollow, don't. Baby. Hollow? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. That was the name of the song, and I forgot it. You know, look, I'm not saying it's a good song. If it went, it would definitely be a non-qualifier. It wouldn't make the grand final. <gasps> There's a history of songs called TikTok and Eurovision. I've liked all three of them. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's right. so true. Yeah. Uh, we'll put them in the companion playlist and you can judge for yourself. I was also into Mindbreaker. I like that song. I kind of liked Mindbreaker. I like the staging. It was weird. Remind that was the one with the song? guys who had the uh, the masks on that looked like anime characters. It was also oh, a rock the, band. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to talk like a girl now. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a woman on stage who didn't say anything and just sort of wagged her finger at this guy for the whole number. You could have her talk. The choreo, not amazing. <laughs> But I, the song is catchy. I liked it. The song was catchy. The staging was fun. It, it, again, it kept my attention. Honestly, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to do myself a favor and redeem myself in your eyes. I'm going to move Mindbreaker up to number one. I'll put TikTok <gasps> at number two. Does that okay. get me a little more respect in the house? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, there were two for me that were standouts. I'm going to say it. What's it? I liked the winning song. I heard it and I said, this is different. This is cute. It, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Live. Do you remember the band Live from yes, the 90s? Yes, yeah. His voice is He's a good singer. It's Dawn's, and the name of the song is Hollow. It's killing me slow. Yeah, brother, let them think my grave shallow. Instead of selling out of something so hollow. Hollow. It's not my favorite song, but I he sings it very well. But he seems pretty serious about the whole affair. Yeah. <laughs> Again, back to my vision board includes a very like well-rounded Eurovision. And I think this entry adds to the flavor of a nice, nicely seasoned and varied Eurovision 2024. Okay. Like right. we don't have an artist who is like sings this way with a song that's like very serious, you know? Mm. So I was very excited for Don Swain. Congratulations. I'm also gonna root for Vestulis. I like that too. Yeah. That was a great song. I like that one. It reminded me of Fiona Apple. I like yeah. I like the staging of it where they took turns playing the piano. Yeah. They had great chemistry. They had great chemistry. I said Oh, I'm rooting for them. I thought they were going to win, to be honest. Yeah, but me I'm too. happy that Don's won. I thought they might win. Apparently, they came in second, it seems like. Mm -hmm. uh, they did. I could see them coming back in a couple years and winning. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be great. Because they're yes. young, and I'm like, they got a good vibe. If they stick it out, I was like, I'm almost positive they'll be back. Jeremy, who did you, who did you like? Kerr was my favorite song of, mm. of those. Uh, I thought it was great. I also liked... I did not think it was going to win because it's the wrong type of song for Eurovision. Funkin' Biz, Na Christu Vodu was like, the song is cool. I would put it on a mix. It's not going to win Eurovision. Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. I'll add it to the uh, didn't make Eurovision list that we can the playlist that we can have. Yeah, it's good. It's I don't know. It's fun. I, and I liked Mindbreaker. What do we think of Dom's chances at Eurovision? Not good. <laughs> I think Dom's will make it to the final. I don't even know if it's going to left side. Wait, Jeremy, you th you think it's going to qualify? Yeah, I think so. Just because he's a good singer. You don't think it's going to make 
<laughs> we got to make this a video. You podcast. know what? I would love to. Oscars. I would love to live in a world where people vote by vocal quality at your vision. Yeah, fair enough. We don't. We, we don't live in that world. That's very nice of you, Jeremy. Okay. Let right. <laughs> me put you this way: the last time they qualified for the final was a solo male singer. It was just with heartbeat. Remember that one? Yeah, I yeah. did like that song. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth pointing out to our new Eurovision fans. Latvia has not made it to the grand final in 10 years since 2016. So Oof. almost 10. Listen, they've won once. So yeah, it was a shocker. We'll talk Ooh. about that another time. Spoiler, I don't think it was a shocker, but here we go. Okay, <laughs> and let's talk about interval acts. Alika was there. It was nice to see Alika sing the song without the ghost piano. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was like, she's a good singer. It's a decent a song. Singer. Nice to see her just have a moment. It looked like she was doing well. This runs contrary to everything we just said, but that song made it to the top 10 by the power of her voice alone. That's what I'm saying. You're telling me Don's isn't going to like sneak into the final? But I mean, you look at someone like Alika and you're like, I'm going to throw votes her way. You look at someone like Don's and you're like, mm, give him a wig. <laughs> give him a wig. <laughs> <laughs> you look at someone like Don's and you're like, I'm not available for a shift this week. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh my God. There goes our Latvian audience. Again, I'm always rooting for Latvia. Look, you gave me City Zenny. You know, I'm a big fan, you know, but I don't know if Don's is going to do it. I'm root- look, I'm rooting for you. I think there's a yeah. great. There is room in Eurovision for a solo male singer who doesn't do anything particularly dynamic on stage. It's worked for Italy for a while. This is not an insult. Stop laughing, Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I hope you do well. I hope he does all right, too. But Dimitri, you brought it up. So it's time <laughs> to take ourselves to Italy, to San Remo. Okay, wait, hold on. I got to put my Daisy Duke song first. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so San Remo was five nights. First night, 30 songs. Second night, 15 of those 30. Third night, the other 15 of those 30. Fourth night, 30 covers. And then fifth night, same 30 songs again. And then five of those performed one more time. That is such a... Why would you do it that way? Dimitri, <laughs> you can't argue with Italy's results. I know they do well. When it comes to producing a Eurovision ready song, this format works for them because Sanremo doesn't particularly specialize in staging or visual effects. No, they, they do want not. to find a powerful singer who can captivate an audience by the power of their voice alone and forcing everyone to go through this five night, sometimes four night gauntlet of vocal performances. Just say Fortnite. <laughs> I, I think there are a couple of bands that would be better off in Fortnite yeah, than on we got stage. More than one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, when it comes to you are definitely going to do well at this contest, that's what San Remo does. Yeah, it's like, look at Italy's performance going back to 2015. They've come in fourth, sixth, first. They won in 2021. In 2019, they came in second, then fifth, sixth, 16th. And then third, I was like, that's an excellent record for a country. First, second, and third in the last 10 years. There are nations that would kill for that record. Yeah, truly. Yeah, there are nations that would kill for coming in 16th. The format clearly does something right. Also, I think, like you said it, Dimitri, the emphasis is less on stage performance, which... You know, for someone like me, I'm a little like, okay, I'm half checked out already. <laughs> but what I do like is that they are one of the very few national song contests to still have an orchestra. That's yes. true. Yes. Oh, 
And that does add some oomph into your song. One of these days, I'm going to go on my there should be a live orchestra at Eurovision again rants. We don't have the time today. We <laughs> save it. Save it. But suffice to say, anytime a national final has a live orchestra, I am always there for it. You don't have the same sort of staging stuff that you would have at a lot of national finals. The orchestra does sort of change the quality of the sound of a lot of these. But that's sort of interesting in its own right. That said, I cannot recommend that you watch San Remo. It's so long. It's so insanely long. <laughs> I watched all 30. I, I did not watch all five nights of San Remo. I have to edit this show. <laughs> I did watch all 30 performances at least once. Here's what I'll say. You could cut a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go through my list real quick. And many of many these are went. not ready to go. <laughs> okay, so Jeremy, let me ask you this. Out of the 30, mm -hmm. how many do you think you can just cut right away? How many oh, songs God. should San Remo have had this year? Now I wish I had been keeping a tally as I went through. Because I did. I did. I should have. This ain't amateur hour, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like ballpark, would you say? I would say you could easily cut half of these songs. Mm. So we're looking at a 15. That's still a lot of songs. 15. I know, but I'm like, they clearly want a lot of songs, but I'm like, mm -hmm. you could, so many of these are like, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. who cares? Also, it's like there's three different groups of like Italian misfit boys doing a rock number and they all stink. All three of them are bad. But they're punk. Okay? They have I don't different think colored so. hair, Jeremy. But there were two groups that had the same different colored hair. I sent this to Jeremy earlier because I was rewatching all the songs again. There's a band called Banker 44. And the first time I saw them, they're oh, one of these bands that. with all the different color hair. And I was like, something about them i just hate all these people so much and then i texted jeremy i was like i realize why i hate banker 44 so much they're a super group of times square mascot ripoffs there's a chad kroger a billy joe yeah, armstrong they're... 2000s era justin timberlake andy warhol and bill Hader playing one of the turks from final fantasy 7 and i hated it so much because it all looked cheap yeah wow. it all looks very like we raided a spirit halloween and now we're performing for you <laughs> yeah a pop song too i wrote sex pistols boy band and then capital letters no <laughs> <laughs> dimitri how many of these 30 would you allow into the san Remo song contest looking at my rankings of the 30 i would keep 15 i'm with jeremy right on 15 y'all are too nice <laughs> Y'all are too nice. I said six. Wow. Six. And that's including the really bad ones, too. <laughs> wow. Six. That's, that's a tight ship. A, hey, listen, we got an hour. You do your song, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, some of these are so bad. I'm like, and they're not like, they weren't like atrocious, but I was just like, why would you listen to this? It's not that they were bad. Yeah, exactly, Jeremy. Thank you for pointing that out. It's not bad. It's just, it all felt the same to me. Yeah. It was the same kind of song over and over and over again. Yeah. And for me, it's like, well, then why are we, we should be, we should be condensing these kind of songs into maybe, maybe having three of them and yeah. not, you know, 26 of them. Let me devil's advocate for San Remo because, yes. look, again, there's not a lot of staging here. And a lot of the songs are are very similar. Italian ballads. When you put the 30 on, doesn't your attention really spark when someone truly good comes on? When Annalisa came on, did you not pay attention? Be like, this song is legitimately great. Sinceramente. Sinceramente. 
I paid attention because it wasn't a ballad per se, and it wasn't a a Timothy Chalamet lookalike. I'll be I'll be real. I'll be honest. <laughs> that alone, I'm like, okay, yes, in that regard, absolutely. But when all the songs start sounding the same to me, and all the artists sort of look similar, mm. I'm like, wait, what? Didn't I just hear this song? But it wasn't. It was someone else. Yeah, it's not a song I would pick to win San Remo, but it was so nice to see Ricky Proveri, where it's like an older couple. <gasps> I, I loved them. That was my number one. That was my number one. That song is fun, and I'm just like, at least Very it's fun. different. <laughs> There was actually staging to it. Again, yeah, there's yes. not typically staging, but they had themselves wrapped in like a bow as if they were a gift. They had great dancers. The song was fun. You know, I had them at my ninth of 30, which is great. They'd get two points from me in the Eurovision score. Yeah, they were probably top five for me. It's a good song. It's catchy and like very silly. Again, it stands out. It's just so, so, so different. Another one is Lorena. I don't know her last name because I didn't have time to write because they go by so fast. But her song is Pazza. She was the blue-haired uh, older lady with a with like a weird Betsy Johnson-inspired dress. A ballad, yes, classical ballad presentation, very different. Yes. Oh yes, I want to see some age diversity in there too. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, I can't say much for her voice. Yeah, I don't think she was one of the better singers. And this contest has some of the best singers in Europe. But I did look up Loredana Berté after her performance. And she is apparently like a real, not a Eurovision regular, but a San Remo regular. She, mm. I guess, was an actress mm. in her youth and has been, I think she has performed in San Remo like a dozen times. Yep. That's cool. I like that. There was some dynamic staging here. Who was it who had the manatee in the suit? <laughs> I saw him first with the guy with the dreads, which not a bad song. Yes. Yeah. It was it was a golly with Casamia. Casamia. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, I yes, like yes, that yes. song. That was my I had that at number four. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that song. Also, we got some Eurovision returnees competing. Mm. Yes. Mahmood coming back, which he looks a little different. I don't know if I like him with dark hair. Cut that hair off. You're better bald. It was like Vin Diesel with hair. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, I was like, what the hell? It was scary. It was like seeing like an ex-boyfriend like <laughs> back, but like the breakup was tough on him. <laughs> and Il Volo, I believe. Il Volo. Yes, Il Volo. They came in third, remember? In 2015. Il Volo came on and I was like, I know these guys. And then I realized, oh, I know these guys because my grandma was obsessed with <laughs> Il Volo. Because <laughs> it's like young, at the time, young guys who like have very, very nice voices. They sing a lot of standards. They're the new three tenors. You don't think they're young anymore? For reference, my grandma passed away in 2015. So oh my God. <laughs> the, the year they made it to Eurovision. Yeah. So like she was on the early tip on Il Volo. She was into them before they were on Eurovision. I think we can talk about the winning song now. I can't believe that, Oscar, this was not your number one because the moment uh, this is Angela my number Mango. Two. Okay. Okay. That's that checks out. The moment Angela Mango made it to the stage, like this is the winning song, hands down. <gasps> the song is, it's called uh, La Noia, which 
I took a couple semesters of Italian in college, so I can tell you that means boredom. Mm. The way it's written is obviously more beautiful than what I'm about to say, but it's a, it's one of those like reflections on the, the the highs and lows of life. It's like you can't appreciate the beautiful days that you have without recognizing that life is full of sorrow and misery and hardship as well. But when you get to those beautiful times after going through the valley, it's just that much sweeter to live a full life. It's just a beautiful song. It's fun. She's dancing the whole time. Didn't have a lot of staging or like background noise. It's just her singing beautifully a song that had a very different pulse than everything else that yeah, performed that, that this year. And she's a dynamo as a performer. Again, they have made a very strong choice. I agree. For all the San Remo songs that were very forgettable, this was not one of them. It's interesting that you say they made a choice because throughout the week, you can see the voting totals of like the public, the press and the jury and the public overwhelmingly wanted this guy. What's his name? I think uh, it's a pronounced geo liar. Geo, geo, Yeah. At one point, he was winning the public vote with 60 percent and Angela Mango had 14 percent in second place. That guy that everybody loves so much, Giolier, that song was fine. It was better than some of the really terrible ones, but it was not good. <laughs> no, like I, I think I had that song in like my 20th place. Like, yeah. why is this the one that dominated? Thankfully, the press and the jury saw that Lanoia is the song they needed to send because the public would have sent some this nonsense that wasn't particularly good and could have hurt Italy's record in Eurovision. Yeah, I will say their their super final, their top five was like Angela Mango, that guy, Annalisa and Gali, both of which I was like, oh, those were two of the better songs. Yep. Irama's two no, which I didn't really hit for me, but I was like, that's a decent top five, I guess. No, if that that's a good super final. I, I like three of the five. If they had sent Annalisa Sinceramente, I wouldn't have been upset about it because I think that song is also very good. No, that song was good, too. I thought that was going to win. Those two were swapping my top two, Angela Mango and Annalisa. So I was happy with the result. And Italy has a strong song to compete at Eurovision. Okay, real talk, like real talk. Can I tell you what I wrote down for Angelina Mango? (laughs) I would like to hear it. I wrote too good and too fun for it to be the Italian entry. (laughs) (laughs) Like she should go to Malta or San Marino. I mean, I loved it. Also, shout out to the Cumbia samples that was being repped in this song. I said, my Colombian roots are being represented in this song. I love it. It's so great. It's, I I mean, come on. This was gaggy for me. Also, she is gaggy and was gagging me the entire time. But like I said, I said, "This this is too weird for Italy. It is an unconventional Italy choice, but I it's a very good song and it's sung very well. Let this be a lesson. When it's good, it's, it's good. good. 
Look what happened the last time Italy went unconventional from what they usually said. They won. Hey. Before we quit here, I have to tell you a little piece of Sanremo drama that is actually publicly interesting outside of the Eurovision sphere. All right. <gasps> so Sanremo often will have guests come, especially for covers night, but big time celebrities with Italian heritage will often be shown in Sanremo like, hey, what do you think? Welcome to Sanremo. It's great. This year, they brought Travolta. John Travolta over to San Remo. Oscar, you, right. you know what happened. So instead of letting John Travolta talk, the hosts are just like, hey, John, how about you do some of your most famous dance sequences from your movies? And he, he's like, all right, fine. He's doing the Pulp Fiction dance. He's doing Saturday Night Fever. And then there's this weird part of the interval where they give him a hat that's shaped like a duck bill. And it's just a, it's, it's the color of a duck bill. And they're like, hey, John, you want to do the chicken dance with us? And John Travolta looks like he is going to murder someone. He threw that hat away on the ground. And of course he does the dance because he's game to play, I suppose. But the video should be in the, in the show notes because the whole time he's doing the chicken dance, he looks like someone shot his parents in front of him. He's so angry. And he demanded that Italian uh, state press He's like, do not air this. Do not air this bullshit. <laughs> wow. I will not allow you to put this on the air. Take that shit down immediately. <laughs> what I'll say about that is, you know, karma will come back at you after saying Adele Dezim. And, you know, sometimes you, got, sometimes you gotta, you know, pay your consequences. So. <laughs> oh, San Remo. Never stop San Remo. Truly, no one can ever escape the curse of Adele Dazim. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with another letter from a listener like you. Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with Celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics, all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in life, culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe, on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Night-night. Welcome back to Eurovangelist, everybody. Oh, three exciting finals, three new songs in Eurovision. Uh, have we heard the winner of Eurovision yet? I'm going to say, hopefully. Ooh. Ooh. Really pushing for doms, huh, Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> I still think a no, but maybe I'm I'm closer now. I'm like m maybe we have. If I knew what Italy's staging was be it would be like, I could answer more confidently. Mm, fair. Again, we don't even have half the songs yet, but we're getting close, and I'm starting to see the shape of what this year is going to be. Some years are ballad years. Some years are party years. Some years are serious issues. Some years like, like 2011 are absolute garbage. <laughs> and I think that there are some very strong contenders, but I don't think we have the winner just yet. Fair. All right. Well, it's time for our segment we call Postcards. That's when we go through actual listener mail from listeners like you and answer Eurovision-related questions that they may have. Uh, this week's question is from Max the Axe. He's a longtime Mission to Zix listener. Hey, Max. Max sent us a question. I would guess a large amount of the viewing audience goes into the show only knowing at most one or two songs beforehand. All right. So maybe they're not Eurovision super fans uh, like the three of us watching every single national final. That's fair. 
Max asks, what do you see as the advantages and disadvantages of having advanced knowledge before the show? That's a really good question. I like that question a lot. Yeah, I appreciate that. Dimitri, I feel like you've got an opinion on this. You know, it's difficult because I'm of two minds. Clearly, I'm all about knowing all the songs in advance because I can't get enough of this and I haven't been able to get enough of this for 20 years. So I think the advantage of knowing everything is that you can attach to certain songs earlier. Let's let's go back to My Sister's Crown from last year when I knew that song was coming. I knew that song was coming in January. I wanted that song to win the whole thing. I felt like I was a Czechian citizen just rooting for that song because I felt ownership over it. I found it early. I played it a lot. And as I played it more and more, I grew attached to it. On the other hand, there are years when I think I really like a song and I start playing it a lot. And then the other songs start coming in. And the song that I originally liked, they start to kind of get sick of it. Mm, Overexposure. Overexposure is a real thing. And that can certainly impact voting, especially if there are years where people feel the same way they're like this song is definitely going to win and by hearing it over and over again by hearing this narrative that it's going to win you start to start picking at it you're the top dog for so long Mm. then everyone starts coming for you at the coming for your title it's lonely at the top so a good song can be tanked if it's overexposed if you go in cold you don't have the opportunity to really learn what the songs are about yeah unless you are like a real polyglot extreme there's (laughs) no way you're going to be able to translate all these songs in real time Exactly. Like, I think what hurt Blanca Paloma of Spain last year is that people watching the song for the first time didn't grasp how incredibly complex Mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. And when you go in cold, you don't have the opportunity to truly appreciate everything the artist is trying to give you on that stage. But on the other hand, it can be fun to walk in cold. Just like, I don't know what I'm about to see. And everything is going to be crazy and party. And I'm going to love it. Oscar, what do you think? For me, like I just said it in this episode, I like comparing and contrasting, yeah? yeah? This is the first time, honestly, doing this podcast is the first time that I've ever even paid attention to the national finals. But it really colors the sort of the experience, especially watching San Remo. It's like, oh, wow, like I understand weirdly Italian music better. Yeah, 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 I didn't really understand it before watching all of the Eurovisions before, you know? I usually just watch the Eurovision finals and then recently in the past like couple of years i started like paying attention to the semifinals and to me i was like oh i'm like hook i'm like in i'm like one of the like people who will do the work turns out there's a lot more work <laughs> so- <laughs> but what i do like i look forward to listening to all of the confirmed entries i'm like foaming at the mouth for that already just to hear what stands out to me because you can have a song that is genuinely amazing, but then have three other countries that sound similar to it that will tank. Yeah, my it's less opinion interesting. It. Yeah. And to me, also, listen, I'm a visual, like, I love a presentation. Give me a presentation. Like, a song lyric is great and all, but like, you is, is there choreography? Is there co- concept? Like, is it going to make me gag? Am I, is it gaggy? You know, like, that's what I'm looking for in a Eurovision song. For sure. And the thing is, it's about music, right? Music it should be this impulsive thing of like, I'm drawn to it. I don't know why. I can tell you why. But like, sometimes you just like a song because you like the song, you know? So every option is completely valid. It all depends on how you listen and process to music. Yeah. And I, I think to the point of Max's question, I don't think he was like, well, I don't want to watch all that stuff. He's sort of like, well, what do I get out of doing all this extra stuff 
and what's what's maybe the downside. And I think I agree with what's been said where it's like there are certain Eurovision songs where like the first time I like them, I was like, eh, that was fine. But in editing this show, there's certain songs I've had to listen to a bunch of times or hear different versions of like Oscar. You were like, oh, I love the Netherlands song from 2023. I was like, that song stinks because I had only ever seen that version that was in the final. But then when I listened to the studio version, I was like, I think I actually do like this song. A lot of music, the first time you hear it, it might not make an impact. But as you live with it, it's like, oh, there is actually something to this. And I do really like this song. So that's an advantage. But I also think it's like the Oscars. Some people want to see every single Oscar nominated movie so that they go to watch the Oscars. They can be like, yes, this is the correct choice. Or like, well, I actually think this other movie was better. Some people see two movies and just want to go to an Oscar party. And that's also okay. There's no wrong way to do this. The, I'll tell you the most right way to do this is to listen to the podcast You're Evangelist about <laughs> the Eurovision season. I will say we will save you a lot of time, is what I'll say. <laughs> if you would like to watch all those national finals and you don't have the time, that's what we're here for. And real talk, I, that has been the feedback that I've been hearing from people. <laughs> I was like, we will condense five nights of San Remo into a 15-minute segment, and you get a lot of your day back, is what I'll say. <laughs> but again, to, to Jeremy's point, though, I will say I totally agree. Like you were saying this earlier, too, Dimitri, the more times you hear it, it might change affect the way that you process the song. My opinion of one of the songs of this year's Eurovision has changed entirely, and it is the most played song of the Eurovision songs that I have picked. It's not Fighter. It's not Tully's Fighter, which is my favorite to win. It is Ico's Pedestal. Wow. Ooh, okay. okay. Coming around right. on Ico. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's All fair. Right. I'll allow that. Well, great. Uh, so, Max, uh, I guess you've heard what we think. Uh, so, you you choose what's best for you. Uh, as long as you're watching Eurovision, I think you've made the right choice. I also want to take a second here to read another great review of the podcast we've gotten. And this one is from a listener we know well. This is from Katie, our peak Jackie, left a review on Yay! Apple Podcasts for us that says, we've been trying to convert our American friends to Eurovision for years, and this podcast is helping, but justice for peak Jacks. <laughs> Heart from Katie. Thank you for that review, Katie. I promise we'll be kinder to Peaked Jacks for you. Kate, I can't make that promise, but I'm I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of you personally, Kate. We've shouted mm -hmm. you out twice on our show because we love you and we love your support for our show. We love all the people who have decided to take an hour or so out of their week to let us talk about the greatest song contest in the world. That really it really doesn't mean the world to me. And we respect your love for the Peaked Jacks. But we cannot <laughs> celebrate it, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everybody, so much for listening in with us uh, next week. Oh, boy. Next week, we got a lot of show for you because next Saturday is a super Saturday in the truest sense of the word. We have Germany's Das Deutsche Finale, Moldova's Etapa Nationale, Estonia's Istilau, Denmark's Melody Grand Prix, different from Norway's Melody Grand Prix, and... Lithuania's Eurovisia LT. That's five national finals in one weekend. We might have to distribute these. I don't know if all of us are going to get to all five. <laughs> and when you say Denmark's Melody Grand Prix is different from Norway's, you're absolutely right because Denmark's is not good. <laughs> oh, oh, damn! You didn't even let us guess. To yeah, sure. I was like, you wasn't even like, like which was out. it? Is it Norway? Denmark is in a spiral right now. We'll talk about it next week. Okay, but I love right. that nation. I love their history, and they are killing me. Okay, well, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Check out the companion playlist for this episode on Spotify. It'll have all the songs we talked about, not just the ones we played. 
literally any song we mention, I try to put in that playlist. So if you're like, what was that song? They said there were three different songs about TikTok. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that'll be in the companion playlist. So thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Mwah. I'm giving you a kiss right now. Oh, how sweet. Mwah. This has been Eurovangelist, your guide to the Eurovision Song Contest. Your hosts have been myself, Jeremy Bent, Oscar Montoya, and Dimitri Pompey. Our theme was arranged and recorded by Cody McCory and Faye Fatum, and the Eurovangelist logo was designed by Tom Deha. Production support for this show is provided by the Maximum Fun Network, in particular Stacey Molsky and Laura Swisher. We call her the Swish. Eurovangelist is edited by myself with audio mixing help from Shane O'Connell, the sound wizard. You can find us on social media as Eurovangelist on Twitter and Instagram, or send us an email at Eurovangelist at gmail.com. Also, follow the Eurovangelist account on Spotify and check out our playlist of Eurovision hits, competitors in upcoming national finals, and companion playlists to every single episode, including this one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.